The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fritz. And welcome everybody to episode 12 of the Fretzelmania podcast, a real pizza work. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-O-E-Mania. This podcast can be heard on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast, across all podcast listening platforms from A to Z. Follow our Patreon for five bucks a month. Buy our merch on Teespring. Patrons get 15% off, by the way. And yeah, we are on the road to the World Rumble. We are on the road to the Super Bowl. Jermaine, our Chiefs are going back to the promised land. So fingers crossed for a back-to-back title for our Chiefs. Uh, good luck against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl again because of course he is. I'll be covering a little bit of SmackDown, Sami Zayn as a Bernie Sanders meme. Sammy Hagar praises Sammy Hagar, his new favorite tag team in AEW. A little bit of Raw, a little bit of Royal Rumble predictions because I keep realizing that the Royal Rumble is this coming Sunday. And Monday Night Raw from January 29th, 2001. So stay tuned. It's going to be a pretty packed show, peeps. Go Chiefs, go. Sami Zayn uh, is probably my favorite wrestler on SmackDown whose name is not Roman Reigns or or Kevin Owens. Uh, Sami spent a good portion of the night holding up a bunch of silent protest signs, you know, not my Intercontinental Champion. I think he made a joke about the Riot Squad during their match here with Charlotte Flair and Asuka against said uh said team and he was just being a bernie sanders meme basically like he literally sent out a picture where he sat in the chair cross-legged probably with a pair of mitts uh a la bernie sanders at the inauguration of president joe biden (laughs) uh man they got their fingers on the pulse here just a little bit you know, the Not My Intercontinental Champion sign, mwah, c'est magnifique. Oh, man. I hope Sammy gets his title back. So he said uh, that he was entering himself into the Royal Rumble match because I guess that's how you can do it unless your name is R-Truth, Ricochet, or Drew Gulak, all of which who I think is going to end up in the match. Anyways, uh, Cesaro is putting on yet another match of the year candidate, this time against a fellow workhorse and great wrestler himself, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Cesaro defeated him with the neutralizer. Uh, Cesaro cut off a Daniel Bryan promo about his own desire to win the Royal Rumble. And then we see a little bit more of a feud here between Bryan and Cesaro, which... Man, that just harkens back to the days of Ring of Honor with Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero as the kings of wrestling. Now, I don't know if their paths really crossed in ROH. They had to because they were both in the company at the same time. But my goodness, just more of this, please. Uh, Sasha Banks defeated 
Carmela's sommelier, whatever the heck that is, in a intergender match that looked about as choreographed and gymnastic as a certain match between, was it Ricochet and Will Ospreay that the late Big Van Vader kind of criticized to the point where Vader, in one of his last in-ring matches ever, faced Ricochet in a pretty good spot here. Apollo Crews defeated uh, Sami Zayn via... Oh, I, I don't know. Apollo Crews... Hey, this is a typo, CBS Sports. And no wonder they're going to the Peacock Network. Um, <laughs> defeated Big E via disqualification after interference from Sami Zayn. Hell of a kick onto, onto Crews for the DQ. So, I guess Sami wants to get revenge on the two men that he held responsible for no longer being Intercontinental Champion. Oh, and by the way, he just keyed himself off of the handcuff and left. So he released himself. There was a lot of release memes going on here. Uh, Street Profits were kind of kissing up to Sonya Deville for a rematch against the Dirty Dogs. Sonya Deville, like, her in a suit, just, <clears throat> damn. Uh, yes, please. In, in the words of <laughs> Mr. YLP, I am just a man. I am merely <laughs> just a man. Uh, Bianca and Bailey in a ridiculous ultimate athlete obstacle challenge. Yeah, Bianca Belair, the fastest, the greatest, the whatever, the EST. This feud continues. I could see this feud going on as far as WrestleMania because that, of course, would depend on who I pick to win the Women's Royal Rumble, it might be one of these two young ladies. King Corbin beat Dominic. There was a no-contest match here between Paul uh, Paul Heyman and Scrap Daddy uh, Adam Pierce. Of course, that was a no-contest because Roman Reigns got involved, and then Kevin Owens came out and powerbombed Roman Reigns through the table, excuse me, and we're setting up the last man standing match between the two. And I believe this is a rematch from... Royal Rumble 2017. This, of course, was in the midst of Kevin Owens's universal title run with Chris Jericho as his partner. You know, this led to the Festival of Friendship eventually. So the roles are reversed here where Roman Reigns is playing the heel and the heel champion. So I'm really, really interested to see where they're going to go here. I'm not going to go through the entire results of AEW because quite frankly I haven't watched Dynamite since the night Sting debuted. I've dabbled here and there, but it's just I don't have the time for all of the rest <laughs> the wrestling. But one one thing that really really popped me was Sammy Hagar hyping up the team of Sammy Hagar. You know, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hagar, Jack Swagger, whatever you want to call him. Uh, because in previous weeks, Chris Jericho was like, ah, it's like Sammy Hagar. And they're like, I don't get it. Me being a Van Halen mark. <laughs> yeah, I'm using that term for musicians too. Uh, dating back to gosh knows when. Uh, I was born in 1984. And 1984 is coincidentally possibly my favorite Van Halen album. But Sammy Hagar is how I discovered Van Halen through, of all things, 
the soundtrack to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie in 1995. I kid you not, that's how I discovered Van Halen. Yeah, and it was a power ballad called Dreams, which I freaking love. And Sammy Hagar, man, I, I, I'll probably get railed for this, but Sammy Hagar is my favorite singer of Van Halen, despite the fact a David Lee Roth album is my favorite. But man, the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar, uh, well, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. I'm recording this on Eddie Van, on what would have been Eddie Van Halen's birthday, too. Just, uh, that broke me. Devastated. So, Sammy Hagar. Hey, the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar here. I just want to say how excited I am about my new favorite tag team, Sammy Hagar. Woo! Gonna kick some butt in this game. Yeah, that, oh man, I friggin' popped huge. Uh, love Sammy Hagar. Just absolutely, absolutely love it. Uh, NXT, meanwhile, that same night on NXT, which I did watch most of because I worked until about 8.30 that night. No, I didn't. I worked earlier that day. I was able to watch all of NXT while having the Maple Leafs game on mute, unfortunately. Kushida and Ruff defeated The Way, you know, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. It's me, Austin! Yeah, I get it, Austin Theory. You love you love the Attitude Era. You did a 1999 reveal of one of the worst angles of the Attitude Era. Uh, that, that was just funny here. And Kushida pins Gargano clean with a double underhook bridging suplex. So this is probably leading to a title match at... Take, well, I'm, I'm going to call it Takeover Valentine's Day Massacre because it's on Valentine's Day, and it should be that. Karrion Cross destroyed Ashanti Theodonis, whoever he is. Um, just wrecked his life. Uh, D Dusty Classic here. In an upset. Probably the biggest upset of the tournament so far. Uh, the Lucha House Party defeated Imperium. Just... Clean as a clean as a whistle, shooting star press. You know we. I think we all forget that uh, Lince Dorado was a finalist in the original Cruiserweight Classic against TJP or Manic or Suicide, whatever you want to call him. But yeah, we we. I forgot that. I mean, I might go back and watch that for a review purpose sometime in the future, but the action broke down here and there was a shooting star press and Alexander Wolf, I guess he was able to uh, cross international waters and fly to America. I guess there's no travel restrictions despite the fact UK is on super mega ultra strict level five lockdown. Uh, maybe this is an essential worker kind of deal, or maybe UK just taped a whole whack of stuff and then Wolf can Go there, do this, quarantine, go there, and come back. Frankly, I think this is going to lead to Imperium, you know, Bartel and Eichner going back to NXT UK to help bolster their tag team division, which isn't bad. I mean, you, you have Pretty Deadly, you have The Hunt, and you have Gallus and South Wales subculture, so this would add a little bit more depth to the division and bring Imperium back together once more. It's good to see Metalik and Dorado doing some stuff here. I don't know where uh, Kalisto is. He's either on a different brand or he's injured or both. We saw the start of the women's Dusty Classic. Uh, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro defeated 
Tony Storm and uh, Mercedes Martinez in a banger. Like, I heard a little bit about Cotton Zaro in the past. You know, I think she came around the same time as Parazzo. Maybe I'm confusing them both, but what the heck was that move at the end? It was like a corkscrew 630 splash by Catanzaro to get the win here for this team. That might be my pick to win the whole thing is uh, Caden and Casey because they are super athletic, super talented young ladies. I've been a big fan of Caden Carter since she came in last year. I've just thought that she stood out. You know, not not only in appearance, you know, she's got uh, she's got the dreadlocks and all that, but she's athletic and agile. And, and Casey, I didn't know you had that in you, sweetheart. Wait, is she the one that's... I think she's dating Ricochet, or they were, unless that was someone else. And I'm, yet again, confusing them. Uh, Bronson Reed defeated Tyler Rust in quick fashion here. Uh, Tyler Rust, of course, managed by Malcolm Bivens. You know, the man formerly known as Stokely Hathaway, the manager for Prince Nana, his stable in Ring of Honor, the Embassy. And he also managed Moose, uh, you know, and Stokely, their Bivens. He hasn't been in Ring of Honor since about March 2015, but I remember him. It's like him and... Oh, I, I'm, it's going to kill me here. There, There is a young lady who I think is currently a commentator on either Ring of Honor or NWA who managed the stable with uh, with uh, Bivens here. Uh, her, yeah. her name's going to leave me and it's going to kill me here now. So anyways, yeah, he did some stuff with Evolve. He did some stuff on the Indies. He had a Dream Team group with MJF. So that, that was something else. And I think he also developed a rivalry with Orange Cassidy. You know, he signed with WWE all the way back in 2019. And now he, you know, he is trying to find the right client. And I'm sorry, if you have a name like Tyler Rust, which is like the ultimate crap creator wrestler from like WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy that you just use as a jobber, he, he, you're not going to get far. And and uh, Bivens, he, right now, he is very Twitter infamous for interrupting Dakota Kai's Buss It challenge. You know, Buss It's basically, I think it's like a butt dance or something. And then just as she's about to pop it and lock it, it's like, hey, hey, what do you think you're going to see here, huh? What do you think you're going to see here? That? No, no. You're going to sit here and watch Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mystery with me. Come on, come on. Pants the camera down to his laptop and it's starting the bloody movie. And he's like, oh, I didn't know y'all were so thirsty. <laughs> oh, Twitter thirst traps, I swear to God. Just outrageous crap here. Of course, as we, we're setting up here the eventual main event match in the fight pit oh but first we have kurt stallion and um legato del fantasma kurt stallion comes out to uh clear the ring here after you know there was like a there was a jump here with santos escobar mock mocking the roster the lucha house party came out and had a had a brawl kurt stallion the number one contender to the cruiserweight title by the way evens the odds and i believe we're getting the match uh, this week, 
or tomorrow night at the time of recording this, I'm recording this on the morning of the 26th of January. So right away, we get the fight pit here. They start off on the top of this cage. The fight pit was used earlier this year between... No, wait, gosh, it's 2021. Ooh, uh, early last year against uh, Riddle and Thatcher. Throughout the whole thing, Thatcher was targeting the often injured knee of Tommaso Ciampa. He went back and forth here. The Blackheart here, Ciampa, brutalized uh, Thatcher early on. The two fell off the top into the steel pit below. You know, this reminds me of the Lion's Den or even the Hart Family Dungeon match. Uh, that Oh man, if Owen Hart was still with us, I could imagine him managing a guy like Thatcher in this contest. Oh man, just just imagine. He would be long out of the wrestling game by now because, you know, Owen wanted to quietly retire, maybe join the the Calgary uh, firefi firefighting team. But when the story is right, I mean, I, I can sit here and fantasy book Owen Hart if he lived. I actually did that in an old, old episode of the Fretzelmania podcast back in the the archives on my Anchor.fm page, anchor.fm slash Fretzelmania. If you want to leave a voice message, hey, let me know. Let me do that. F-R-E-T-Z-L-E mania. And yeah, Thatcher turned to the action here, targeting the left elbow, suplexes, elbow smashes, and then nearly breaking his opponent's fingers. And then Tommaso hits a low blow, hits the Willow's Bell for a near knockout. This is You can only win this match by knockout or submission, by the way. Tommaso planted Thatcher with the fairy tale ending and then went for a submission, but Thatcher fought through and then trapped Champa's leg in between the, the steel door and the wall and the partition into a modified wow looking stretch muffler to force champa to tap out they stared each other after the match with malice and a tinge of respect the end of the night and i believe these two were entered into the dusty classic and last week on 205 live of all places they qualified to go on okay so this is kind of like a scenario with the bar the new DIY, if you will. Last night, Monday Night Raw, again, I, I don't want to go through everything on here, but we had the continued tension between the non-appearing fiend through Alexa Bliss and Randy Burnt-Faced Orton, you know, who looked like he burnt his face on a George Foreman grill a la Michael Scott burning his foot on the Foreman grill while he was wanting to wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. I burnt my foot! Uh, Edge made an appearance and declared himself into the Royal Rumble match, saying, you know, I need to do this and get get back the title that I never lost uh, 10 years ago, by the, by the way. You're feeling old? 10 years ago. Uh, McIntyre and... And uh, Goldberg have a face-off here. And, yeah, it's just it's setting up their match this Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Randy Orton appeared during a 
Raw Women's Championship match between Alexa Bliss and Asuka. And that was kind of a no contest or probably a disqualification because after a few shenanigans... Hey, Farva, what's that uh, restaurant you like with all that goofy shit on the wall and uh, and the matzo sticks? You mean shenanigans? I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Sneak preview for the 20 Bell Salute this Sunday on the Wrestle Attic Radio Patreon. Five bucks if you want to hear me review... Uh, Super Troopers and Royal Rumble 2001 with a Rumble match watch along to uh, to go in in there. So the lights go out, fiendy music plays, and then Alexa is confused and she's dressed up in like oh what is it the the goddess Alexa gear like 2016 Alexa like maybe even Blake and Murphy managerial Alexa in that attire and she's confused and crying and then she kind of snaps again the lights go out again and she's goth fiend alexa the, the let the let me in and then randy orton complete with burnt burnt face comes out and rko's bliss and we go off the air just like that and the, the rest of raw was kind of filler i don't remember much of it other than riddle going through the entire hurt business to get a U.S. title match against Lashley. I think it's going to be either this Sunday or they're maybe going to stretch out this feud to WrestleMania. Please don't break up the Hurt Business. They're like the best stable going in the WWE right now. The rest of it, we saw a continued feud between uh, Crap Tribution and Xavier Woods. Kofi Kingston, still conspicuous by his absence, not participating in the Royal Rumble, but then Mustafa Ali put himself in. Uh, Miz and Morrison beat Sheamus in a handicap match. Charlotte Flair confronted Ric Flair backstage after a very familiar-looking spot where, you know, Nate is trying to show uh, show the nasty one, show Lacey how to do some holds, but you know. Triple H and Trish Stratus in 2000, I'm going to... Leave that one there. AJ Styles defeated R-Truth, so R-Truth does not get to qualify for the Rumble match. And there we go. I mean, this morning we had the new superstar spectacle, the, the WWE India show. Jinder Mahal, don't hinder the gender, made his return along with the Bollywood Boys. So I'm pumped to see where that's where that's going to go. Now that's going to be it for this half of the show, you know, I glazed over the WWE on the Peacock Network thing. I hope that doesn't really affect me here in Canada. I still use the network via the website. I don't have a cable provider. So I signed up for a VPN just in case something went awry. So we'll we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Coming up after the break is Monday Night Raw, January 29th, 2001 from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So you know Kurt Angle... Is going to be a real pizza work here. Stay tuned, peeps. And welcome back to the Fretzelmania podcast, folks. Mr. Fretz here. And this half of the show is brought to you by our Patreon. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. You get exclusive shows such as my 20 Bell Salute, a 20-year look back on the pop culture and the wrestling. Fretz's Fave 5, when I'm able to do it, my Fave 5 insert topic here or moments of the week the secret files with mr ylp himself 
You don't know what you get till you press play. All that and so much more, including 15% off of our merch on Teespring. Go to teespring.com, search for Russell Attic Radio. You get, you know, t-shirts and hoodies, coffee mugs, all that sort of jazz. Uh, hit us up if you buy some merch. Hit me up if you buy some Fretzelmania merch. And yes, it is now time to go back to 2001 in the PS2-powered DeLorean. But first, the Nitro shot. Yes, Nitro is mere weeks away from being merged, I guess, into WWE programming. ECW is no more. Listen to the 20-ball salute for my quick shorty review of the end of ECW. We're coming off of Sin on the road to Super Brawl Revenge. Ugh. Yikes. So Nitro here, January 29th, 2001 from Baltimore, Maryland in front of a bunch of Baltimoreans. No offense to people from <laughs> uh, from Baltimore. Four Corners match. Shannon Moore defeated Elix Skipper, Jamie Noble, and Jimmy Yang. The Cat defeated Sean Stasiak with Mark Jendrak. Tag team match between, oh, here's a strange bedfellows tag team for you, Willie. Or even Dusty Dave. <laughs> All y'all love <laughs> the Strange Bedfellows tag teams. Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Road Warrior Animal, rest in peace, defeated Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. Lance Storm defeated Crowbar in a non-title match for the United States Championship. Rick Steiner defeated the champion Shane Douglas, but of course, non-title match, so... Nothing to go here. And in the main event, a two-on-one handicap match. Kevin Nash defeated Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger. Ugh, yikes. Anywho, time for Raw. Monday Night Raw from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, January 29th, 2001. The hometown of everyone's Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. We're on the road to No Way Out the following month, around the end of February, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Expect that on the Russell Attic Radio Patreon at the end of February, which is quite a good show here. We see plugs for you know, Kurt Angle's homecoming. We see a contract signing coming up between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H ahead of their match also at No Way Out, the number one contendership for the WWE title is on the line in a fatal four-way match at an upcoming episode of SmackDown, dubbed SmackDown Extreme, which I'm probably going to have to check the results for at the end of this show. So, this starts off with a Kurt Angle promo. It is great to be home. Here I am many things. An Olympic champ, a WWF champ, a role model, a hero, and the most requested sperm donor in the city of Pittsburgh. More women want my seed than anyone in the... Oh, wow. Dorky Kurt Angle is the best Kurt Angle. Everyone loves... The red, white, and blue machine, you know, the dangerous Kurt Angle post-shave and post-hair um, 
next surgery, but <laughs> this version of Kurt absolutely cracks me up. And he's like, I'm your new hometown hero, Pittsburgh. It is not Mario Lemieux anymore. Um, Lemieux IRL had temporarily retired to deal with his uh, Hodgkin's disease, his cancer treatments and all that. However, later in the year 2000, he would make his triumphant return to the NHL against, of course, my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs, but that whole thing is bigger than my my hockey team ever could be. And Mario would go on to play a few more seasons in the league, drafting the best player in the game today, Sidney Crosby. Fight me on that. He's the best. Ryan, if you're listening to this, Ryan from Winnipeg, not Ryan from Sunderland. <laughs> um, Mr. W Jets 420 said's the best. Golden goal. Enough said. And he's like, hey, maybe if Mario had more courage, he would say he would like he would save the penguins. Or something like that. And the, oh yeah, he did reference this. He's like, yeah, it was me who lit the fire under him to come back. Something about giving back to the community. Then he starts to reference former Pittsburgh Pirates manager Jim Leyland. It's like, and Jim Leyland told me, it's like, you know, if you smell. And for the record, it's like something to do with Jim Leyland left Pittsburgh and then immediately won a World Series with the Miami Marlins. So, okay. Sports talk. I've played sports before. Shout out to Triple Jump on YouTube. And The Rock says that you being responsible for Mario Lemieux's return is the biggest bucket of penguin piss The Rock has ever heard. <laughs> oh man, The Rock is the master of alliteration here. Just so good. And you see, it's like, you know, you're Rudy Pooh, milk drinking, suck ass, kiss ass, grade A, 100% candy ass. He's like, The Rock's like, yeah, I know that you don't like pie, Kurt Angle, but do you like pizza? And Angle just like, you know, just eyes go bad, go wide. He's like, Rock, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Roll the footage. And we see Kurt Angle's infamous, well, that one from this, thanks to YouTube, but if you're from Pittsburgh, it was already infamous, and it was Kurt Angle's Pizza Outlet commercial. And then he's like, oh, man, that's so he almost starts to cry again because the pizza's so good. Uh, I don't know about Pittsburgh pizza. I've never been. Uh, I've been to Chicago. I didn't get to experience Deep Dish because it was just a quick trip there. But what in the blue hell was that? says the rock and you know angle fires back it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who the fourth man is in the fatal four-way which angle refers to and refuses to acknowledge the rocks participant in this participants in this and eventually big show attacks the rock from behind and we cut to commercial but dudley boys versus kai and ty for the tag team championship it was supposed to go up against Edge and Christian, and Edge and Christian come out. Uh, yeah, as much as we want to get a rematch here and beat these prime cut dork chops, Edge has food poisoning with a totally real doctor's note. Uh, and Jared's like, ah, it's probably from a proctologist. Who you? <clears throat> and then uh, Kai and Sai come out and it's like, 
by the power of Grayskull, I hereby uh, will win the tag team titles, blah, 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 badly dubbed Takamichi Noku, probably Bruce Pritchard, and, you know, the classic Funaki, which always pops me and pop the crowd a little bit. Indeed. We see a was up, a 3D, and then a wicked modified version of the uh, the 3DB, a.k.a. the Acolytes Back Suplex Netbreaker, the Powerplex by Triple X, if you will. It was like a high-angle spot from an electric chair into a reverse neckbreaker, a spear, uh, nope. Uh, Edge, of course, tries to get involved here, and then a, a spear is denied. Edge and Christian get uh, kicked out of here. The 3D on on Kaintai here, I think on Funaki, and still tag team champions because you're not going to drop them to Kaintai. And the uh, Vince McMahon backstage, hey, if The Rock doesn't, uh, isn't cleared, he'll have a triple threat. We will know who faces Angle at SmackDown Extreme at the end of the night either way. Triple H has a lawyer whose name is Brian Gewertz. Yeah, my notes say Brian Gewertz. Yeah, former head writer of the WWE, Brian Gewertz was actually an on-screen personality once. That is shocking. <laughs> That's good. It's like Vince McMahon, like, I don't shake hands with attorneys. Oh, gee, Vince, I wonder why. Uh, and he's like, you gotta cool your, you gotta cool your jets, Hunter. Uh, and Billy Bitch Cakes, Billy Gunn, backstage uh, interview here. China is okay. Uh, she needs to concentrate on the good. You know, release the good, little Nikki. Do appearances. Uh, may, she won't, may not be able to wrestle anymore, but she's got to go do something to take her mind off it. Uh, Val Venus versus Steve Blackman. On Sunday Night Heat, Steve Blackman, Steve Richards, I'm sorry, asks Blackman to put away the weapons because censorship and wee -wee 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 -wee, all that kind of crap. Uh, but Blackman starts to oblige, but then, nope, I'm just going to nunchuck you in the face instead. Uh, Steven Richards gets some cheap shots in. And gets, and Val Venus gets the schoolboy victory here with after a distraction. And there's a beat up spot here. And of all people, to make the save, Bob Holly. And if you've been listening to uh, my raw reviews on the archives, you'll uh, you'll understand why that's a little unusual. Bob hits a fire ex extinguisher on the sensors. Candlesticks get involved here, and we see tough enough ads. You know, oh sir, uh, ready to. Uh, submit your additions for a tough enough king. And uh, Vince is on the phone like, oh, we're waiting for you to come. We're waiting for you to come back. Um, massages are uh, nature's tranquilizer, if you, if you know what I mean. Regal comes in here. It's like, you're under a lot of stress, Mr. McMahon. Jermaine, I'm sorry. Yeah. Gives him a cup of tea. Continues talking, having phone sex with Trish. And we see a contract signing for Austin and Triple H at No Way Out coming up next. Of course, they have to have a hold harmless agreement or else. Or else what? Well, sit down and find out. Be patient. Uh, Triple H returns. Uh, we see a video package. I'm sorry. Triple H returns to screw Austin out of the WWE by God title. And tit for tat, Stone Cold returns the favor a little while later at the Royal Rumble, as you've heard on my archives and as you will hear 
on my quite long episode of the 20 Bell Salute, so that should kill enough time for you to watch this year's Royal Rumble. And there's another spot on a episode of SmackDown where Stone Cold is behind Vince McMahon in the distance, and he manages to get away playing a bit of head games here with with Hunter, and we, uh, yeah, he hits uh, Vince in the head with a with a, I don't know, bin or something or like a briefcase or a chair, and of course that Vin- pisses Vince McMahon off. Uh, Michael Cole with his end sync here. We see a legit lawyer. Yep, this lo- this lawyer's legit and totally not a a member of the writing team. Meanwhile, at the igloo, we have a contract signing. Vince McMahon is out to the ring to the chance of asshole. And if you two break your restraining order, your hold harmless agreement, if you will, Triple H, you will be suspended for six months. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, you will lose your spot in the main event of WrestleMania, despite already winning the Royal Rumble. Spoiler alert. And contract signing starts. They sit across the ring and Stone Cold motions to uh, the timekeeper for a beer. He's like, what? You gotta keep this civil. And, you know, Steve Austin's like, hey, if I want to keep the edge off, I'm going to have a damn beer. Uh, yep, and we have No Way Out. You're going to have a match here. Uh, the stipulation will yet to be determined. Gerwitz, like Triple H, don't like this uh, this contract. They, they look at it. They play head games. They play the whole, you know, this is where you can start to play the Jeopardy theme. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. And it's like, Okay, Steve Austin signed it, then Triple H hits a cheap shot, and we say bye-bye-bye to to Hunter. He hits a pedigree on Austin, and it's like, you're suspended for six months, pal. I uh, didn't sign it yet, okay? Now I signed the contract. Oh, and Austin 316, yeah, paragraph uh, 316 says, you can't touch me, pal. Okay, that's clever. I'll give him that. That's clever. What a dick. The XFL is in five days, and I am not reviewing the XFL. No, no, I'm not. And Triple H and stuff are kind of hightailing it backstage, getting getting out of Dodge and uh, poking their head out of a limo to wherever Steve Austin is. And it's like, you can't touch me. Uh. And they share a, 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 a poke in the head out of limo kiss. How disgusting. We see APA versus the Hardys versus the right to censor in a triple threat tag team match. Um, I believe the winners here would be the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Leading up to this on an episode of SmackDown, the APA and Hardys would break up and tag with the respective members of their teams. I believe it was Jeff that tagged with, with Bradshaw and Farouk with Matt. Or the other way around, I really can't remember. But yeah, we have, we have that that whole thing set up for it. I'm like, okay, let's have a match here. And the right to censor, I think, jumped them behind uh, after the match. So, okay, here we go. We're going to have a fight. Uh, right away, Lita and Jackie have have a little fight on the outside. They get ushered to the back. We'll see them again later on in the night. Right to censor here have a little bit of a hard time getting to the ring. They're a little bit late because right away, APA and the Hardys want to rekindle their feud. Remember their feud from the tag team titles in uh, mid-1999, just as the Hardy Boys were 
were breaking into the the mainstream here, being managed by Michael P.S. Hayes. Doot, doot, doot. And here we go. We see a great win here by the, by the Hardys, but there's a great um, great setup here. We see a we see a scissors kick, a clothesline from hell, like just bam, 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 right away here, and. A Swanton Bomb with the Hardys, and they get out of Dodge. They take off. They're like, I'm out of here. So I believe they'd be facing Edge and Christian on SmackDown Extreme. The Rock says payback is guaranteed, and the show looks on from the monitor going like, yeah, okay. Crash Holly versus Raven for the hardcore title, and by golly, Miss Molly is accompanying his cousin Crash here. Rest in peace, Crash. My gosh, gone too soon. And it is noted that he is an 11-time champion. And Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Weeder Sports Nutrition Muscle Builder. I swear we're not IcoPro. 1-800-CALL-ATT. Somebody call my mama. And Squaresoft. We make more than RPGs, but not really. <laughs> Crash runs up the ramp to meet Raven, only to get thrown right off. And then, among the many things in Raven's... Uh, shopping cart from Sunnyvale Trailer Park here. He throws a tricycle at Crash Holly. <laughs> like, sports entertainers don't throw tricycles. <laughs> and Crash hits a dive off a balcony in, in the arena somewhere around, which is probably one of the Penguins' bench or penalty boxes, maybe in that area. And, yep, there is like a curtain there, and they rip that down. Crash misses with the bin lid, and then Raven throws a mop. And they're mopping the floor with Crash Holly. Oh, jeez. King! No, was that King or was that JR? Either way, that's a Fretz pun. That's a me joke. And Raven gets uh, rammed into the wall here. Crash Holly grabs a designated driver booth, drives uh, and just squishes Raven in the steel wall, like a steel door in between it. And yeah, they go out the no re-entry sign. So, hey, you go for a dart at the Pens game. Sorry, you ain't getting back in. So have your smokes before and after the game. No re-entry. It is a snowy night at the Igloo. Yes, that was the name of the Pittsburgh Penguins Arena before it became the PPP Paints something arena. Or they moved. I can't keep track of all these things. I still call the Maple Leafs Arena the Air Canada Center, despite the fact it's like Scotiabank something now. Anyways, uh, enough about hockey here. Molly Holly. And Crash wished to do a wishbone into a tree spot right into Raven's junk, but that is denied and Molly is sent flying. A convenient car is parked nearby and Crash does manage to make a wish with the wishbone, but uh, Tori in the ninja outfit comes out, wails Molly and, and Crash, and then, uh, yeah, Raven retains here. They get out of Dodge. And you can see, just as the segment's ending, I swear to God, Bruce Pritchard was standing there. He was probably directing the whole thing. Taz backstage. You know, you've already been relegated to a backstage interviewer. But he's kind of being like a smart mouth, like a, like a, like a, uh, for a lack of a better term here, apologies in advance, like a, like a smart-ass New Yorker kind of thing here. Like, yeah. As like, you're going to be proved wrong or what? Kind of being a wise-ass here. Okay. I'm going to win the Fatal Four and be the, be the champion, blah, blah, blah. Taker versus Haku, and you know they're getting down to business when 
Taker is coming to the ring, accompanied by his brother Kane, without his bike. Haku comes to the ring to, ironically, Fatu's former entrance theme, you know, when he was a member of the Head Shrinkers, accompanied by, well, Fatu, Rikishi here, which I thought was kind of odd. And once again, we see Weeder results. We're not Ico Pro presents No Way Out coming up at the end of February from Las Vegas. We see the usual moves out of Undertaker's repertoire. The old school, that jumping clothesline. Rikishi tries to get involved here, but Undertaker decks him. Hits a DDT. Haku hits a super kick. Taker gets the win with the chokeslam. However, unbeknownst to him, Kane got chaired by Rikishi. And then we see a little bit of uh, post-match beat down here from, from the Islanders. They they get away, and then they challenge for a... For, then the Brothers of Destruction backstage challenge those, challenge those Island boys to a first blood match on SmackDown Extreme. And Taker, a little bit of TMI spot here by Taker, a little bit too much information and bleeding. It turns me on. And, uh... Making others bleed turns me on even more. Live from WWF New York, Dean Malenko, the light heavyweight champion, is there. And they're talking about, oh, your situation with Lita. And he's like, oh, yeah, being apart from Lita is hard. You're a married man, Dean. Holy jeez. And, yeah, this is another case of, hey, I'm not booked tonight, so I'm going to go to this bar with a bunch of uh, rowdy marks and have a vignette here. And that's it. Like, that's why I always got a kick out of these WWF New York things. It's like, yeah, I'm not booked. I'm going to go here and hang out with the Marks and uh, and do nothing but a little thing on TV. Maybe they have signings. Maybe they have, like, hype parties or whatever. If anyone who's listening to this ever went to a Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, or, like, a pay-per-view at WWF New York, please let me know. Leave me a voicemail, Fretzelmania, uh, anchor.fm slash Fretzelmania, and we can go from there because i really want to hear a lot about wwf new york i went to the wwe niagara falls but it was literally just a store on the clifton hill strip right beside which will now be the former uh, guinness world records or the ripley's believe it or not uh, whatever that store is the the yeah it's a guinness the guinness world record store which is as of this week going to be no more and auctioning things off thanks coronavirus and we see a quick match here between lita and jackie with ivory on commentary and the king of course is making comments about lita's pants and the thong and her butt poking out yeah that was the style at the time a lot of girls i know were doing that and it was just uh hi her pants about to come down jeepers king see nothing but cat calls from the crowd here keep it classy and then uh, Ivory, it says like, yeah, I read China's book and she had premarital sex twice. Okay, there, um, okay, they're Lilith Crane, yep. And then they have sex talk with Lawler, which it's like, you're a dirty old man kind of thing. And you shouldn't be talking, it's like, making good points on King kind of being dirty here. And yeah, the fact that you're talking about these women and all that. Yeah, you're making good points, Ivory. But then all of a sudden... Uh, Ivory is jumped by both of these ladies. We have a no contest. Ivory is sent packing. Fatal four-way match for the number one contendership at SmackDown Extreme with Kurt Angle on commentary. We have 
Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, The Big Show, and The Rock. Uh, Kurt Angle makes a reference to Chris Jericho's obnoxious pyro, and I agree with that. And so eight, and Chris Jericho says, 18 months ago, I came here to save the WWF. You know, it's like kind of referencing his phantom title win here. That title needs saving by your pizza peddling ass. And you shouldn't be selling pizza. You should be selling Rogaine. Ah, you're referencing a hair versus hair match that would come just a year later. Yeah, God was kind of beating him to the hair versus hair match. But by the time that rolled around, he was like, okay, let's go. And that didn't make me hungry for pizza. That made me hungry for your title. And Benoit comes out to the ring and they start right away because this rivalry is still going. You know, this was one of the best rivalries of the year 2000. We had just fantastic matches between the two. We've seen a ladder match. We've seen you know, a submission match, a two out of three falls match. And they they always, always just went balls to the wall. Eventually, the big show comes to the ring here. And then eventually after that, The Rock joins him with a little bit of plunder, baby, if you will. Benoit with a wicked suplex on The Rock. Goes for the headbutt, but to no avail. Hit Rock hits DDT on the Big Show. We see a crossface locked on the Big Show. The Rock's shark shooter on Chris Benoit. A lion's salt. A whole bunch of moves here in, in a row. Chris Jericho has the walls locked on Benoit. He goes for the Big Show, goes for the choke slam here. But nope. Chris Jericho sends... Show and Benoit out of the ring at the same time. You know, we're replicating the Royal Rumble 2004 spot here. He turns around right into a rock bottom, and The Rock is the number one contender for the title. Or is he? Because the results for SmackDown Extreme, which I have right here on February the 1st, the Dudley Boys defeated the Hardy Boys in a tables match to retain the tag team titles. Ivory retained the women's title in a triple threat match against... Jackie and Lita. The APA defeated Christian and Edge in a quick match. Chris Jericho defeated Taz to retain the Intercontinental title. Jericho defeated Billy Gunn. The Shoguns implode before they even begin, like a year later. The Brothers of Destruction defeated Haku and Rikishi in a first blood match. And Kurt Angle defeated Triple H and The Rock in a title triple threat match. How did Triple H get involved in this match. I don't know. I just went on ProWrestlingFandom.com to get to get the results here. So it's time for the game changer of the week. That's going to go to Edge. You know, Edge. He has declared himself an an entrant in the 2021 Royal Rumble match. I'm going to end this show with predictions because I forgot to do it in the last segment because I am a forgetful idiot. Anyways, Edge. Uh, I've been a long, long-time fan of his. He is from Orangeville, Ontario, Canada. Not far from where I live now. Actually, it wasn't very far from where I grew up either. So, you know, he has had an amazing career. It was cut short for just just about a decade with his uh, neck issues. And was it spinal stenosis that finally killed it? Anyways, Edge, fellow Canadian, fellow Ontario native here. One of the best of all time, and even at this point in time when he was like dorky, I'm I'm fake sick, food poisoning, wanting to get out of title match edge. It's his antics with Christian and Commissioner Foley, 
in 2000 were just so good. They were just a couple of dorks. Ah, uh, man. And now, ending the show, the Royal Rumble 2021 will be this Sunday, January 31st. Hey, happy birthday, John, my old buddy, Double J. If you're somehow hearing this, I hope you're doing well, my my friend. Yeah, he was one of the guys I used to watch all these shows with in Dave's basement. Uh, Double J, Johnny, he would always come out to uh, to watch him with us. It was always a good time. He was, it was, it was one of the best. Now, there's only a few matches right now as of Tuesday, the 26th, signed. I imagine we might get a couple more, and I'll go over them in just a second. So, for the WWE title, we have Drew McIntyre defending against, of all people, Goldberg. Now, my gut pick here is actually Drew. I think they're going to give him a dominant run here, unless they go a certain way, which I suspect could happen. You know, Goldberg, you know, the WWE title is the only title he hasn't won. And to me, that was a giant red flag. And I'm like, oh God, no, please no. He's been the Universal Champion. He's been the WCW Champion. But he's never been the WWE Champion. And I'm just going to say this is going to be a quick match. You know, Goldberg is in his mid-50s. He can still go. But, like, this is a sting in AEW situation here. I'm, I don't want to see either in the ring. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm marked out for Sting's return. For the fact that he's back on TNT as a story on itself. But I don't want to see him in the ring. He's going to have a match in parentheses with Darby Allen and Team Taz coming up. I'm like, okay. But Goldberg here, it's it's the same. I don't want to see him in the ring again. Uh, this, to me, looks like it, he's kind of leaning in the heel category. We didn't get to have a couple of weeks of of um, uh, promos for this because Drew was diagnosed with COVID. He was asymptomatic, so he did what he was supposed to do, and he quarantined and kept kept to himself, and he turned out all right. So I think this is going to have like 16 Claymores, and then eventually Drew's going to retain. Do I think that Miz is going to cash in at the Royal Rumble? No. No. You know, I think the Miz, like right now he is in the men's Rumble match. So I don't think he will do it here. I have a theory, a game theory, shout out if you get that one, uh, of how the Miz is actually going to cash in. Might not make much sense because it's a different brand thing, but hear me out. So yeah, retain here. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in a last man standing match. Uh, Roman Reigns is going to retain here, the head of the table. He's continuing this this storyline. You know, we're not going to get WrestleMania in Hollywood for a couple of years. I still think we're going to get there. So maybe Roman will go on a very long run as the top heel in the company. Women's Tag Team Championship, Charlotte and Asuka versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Uh, Flair and Asuka, like they're they're gonna win. Just 
right now there's not much thought being given to the tag team division, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I don't see Jackson Baszler being the ones to take it off of Flair and Asuka. Hopefully the winners of the Women's Dusty Cup actually get that because it's not clear about where that's going to go. Men's Royal Rumble match. I have a few, a few ideas here. A few possible winners. Nakamura is a great choice. Uh, Cesaro has a few uh, in his favor. Cesaro versus Roman Reigns would wow. But my pick up, my, my, my pick up until last night was Daniel Bryan. And then Edge entered himself into the Royal Rumble match and was even saying things like, you know, I'm going to get back this title that I never lost 10 years ago, despite the fact that it was big gold. Anyways, I want, I still want to pick edge a little bit, but, but okay. Daniel Bryan, right? He has been booked media somewhere between mediocre and strong on SmackDown, depending on who you ask. He's training with the Gable Academy, which awesome. Okay. One of the most unusual backstage segments with him, Otis, Chad. You remember which one I'm talking about early this year. But there's just something about Daniel Bryan winning the Royal Rumble. And then I can see him. I can see him actually defeating Roman Reigns for the title. I think Roman, he still has, hopefully, knock on wood, some years to go in the business and a run to go as a heel. He can always get the title back. He can always get it back. But Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble. He wins the title at WrestleMania. However, this is where The Miz cashes in. You know, we think that Daniel Bryan, once again, is going to get his WrestleMania moment that we saw in New Orleans, holding up both of the world titles. The following year, at uh, thir at 31, getting the Intercontinental title in the opening ladder match, having to take time off with what would eventually cause the end of his career, and then he gets that moment, right? And he has to cut it off again. So... A big full circle moment, Nate, take a shot. A big FU moment. A big heist of the century. Making Seth Rollins' cash-in at WrestleMania 31 look like Damian Sandow's failed cash-in on John Cena on SmackDown. This is where the Miz cashes in. So, Daniel Bryan. I'm picking to win the Royal Rumble, win the title, and I'm picking the Miz to cash in on him immediately at WrestleMania just as the confetti's flying off, kind of like the Seamus 515 moment. So, right there. Right there. Women's Rumble match. I have two picks. And they're both two ladies that I've already talked about. That being Bailey and Bianca Belair. Bailey, like, I think is a great pick because if we're still pushing the four horsewomen narrative, which maybe, yeah, okay, we could. It would be there, and then you get next year where Sasha Banks, who is the reigning SmackDown Women's Champion right now, gets that thought in her head, like, I'm the only member of the Horsewoman to not win the Rumble. 
But Bianca has just been booked so strong lately. Uh, I think Bianca and Sasha, just the promos alone between the two would be off the wall. Despite the fact they're both kind of baby faces, this would have a match where eventually one of them eventually turns heel. Carmel is not winning the title off the banks. I mean, they're probably going to have a match at the Rumble, maybe on the pre-show. I, I don't see Carmella being the one to take the title off the banks. To me, it's either Bailey or or Bianca. And I'm going to go for a coin flip here. Because I picked a babyface to win the men's, I'm going to pick a heel to win the women's. And I'm going to pick Bailey to win the women's Royal Rumble match. Are we going to see some surprises? Well, maybe a couple of NXT people here and there. I don't think we're going to get as big as a return as, as an edge from last year. The Fiend is definitely going to be involved in Randy Orton's spot here. I think they're going to be a bit where Randy clears the ring. He goes on an RKO rampage and eliminates like, oh, I don't know, people like AJ Styles and and like Otis and Nakamura go on an RKO rampage. And then you get the next person, although he's not going to be an official entrant in the match, that or he'll immediately uh, immediately eliminate himself. But you get The Fiend. And that distracts Orton. And maybe someone sneaks through the middle rope where we get like the Santino spot from 2011. And they use that distraction to eliminate Orton. The Fiend is getting involved in Randy Orton's shenanigans here. I mean, it's it's going to happen because we're long-term booking this all the way to WrestleMania. And it's going to be great. Yep, that is. That's, yeah, Bailey and Daniel Bryan to win the Royal Rumble matches, at least in my mind. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Fretzelmania. You can send me a DM uh, no naughty ones, please. You will be blocked immediately. Uh, or send me a voice message on anchor.fm. Let me know what you think. And yeah, the Rumble's this Sunday. I can't believe we're already here, already on the road to WrestleMania. I just hope the Peacock deal doesn't affect me too much in Canada because I I watch the network through the browser. So if that doesn't change, then I will continue to do all these virtual things. I'll know more in February, March. And if I have to go through loopholes and VPNs, then I'll have to see how I can do the rest of these retro reviews. That has been it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Russell Addict Radio at Addict underscore Russell. <clears throat> we are the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. And we are here to stay. And to keep wrestling real. Shout out, Ant. Anyways, thanks. God bless. Love you all. Peace. Hi, me again here. Uh, just as I was wrapping up this week's podcast, I got word that uh, our very own Mance of the Delight Show here on, on the network lost his father after a long battle with illness. And I just want to offer my condolences, my love, my prayers to uh, Mance and his whole family during this uh this awful time, this tragic time of loss and of pain. And Matt's good brother, I love you. I'm here for you. And yeah, 
Godspeed.